Hi, I'm Nisi. I'm FC Dominican. And this is Fake Tears, Real Issues. And I'm your ho. How now, brown cow? (laughs) (sighs) Okay, this is a heavy one. So much information. Oh, and I think I just killed a spider with my bare hands. What? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Wynette. Well, it was hanging down and it was very tiny. So I'm like, okay. It was like one of those white ones or something. Oh, no. So I'm like, okay. still be getting paper or paper towels. (laughs) I'm like, if I leave, I might lose him. I might lose him. So I'm like, okay, what are my options right now? And there was nothing I could grab. So I just killed it with my hands. So I, <laughs> I clapped my hands together super hard. And Can you say nasty? That is pretty nasty. But it's not like it was a cockroach. It was a spider. Like, yeah. spiders are not as I don't be banging with spiders, though. After I got all hair, all those spider bites, I don't trust no spiders. Why did you have spider bites? You don't remember you in the woods? You had oh no, I I think I was there, but but um I sent the pictures to y'all when I was in the it was um because I was at the shop where Travis worked and um something like when I was in there I thought I felt something like pinch my leg or something, but I, you know, feel nothing after that. So I went, go get on the bus and all of this to go to work. Or I think it was a work or home. And my legs was done. I had seven spider bites. Mm, that thing went to town on you. Yes. <laughs> Terrible. It's that old country buffet. <laughs> Bite all, all the service. How do you know that it was a spider bite, though? That's what they told me when I went to the emergency room. Oh, you went to the hospital. Yeah, they were huge. <laughs> oh, my God. It was like seven big old bumps. And I was like, what is this? They told me that. That sounds awful. I don't. I, luckily, you're not allergic to it. Well, maybe you were allergic. Maybe that's why they were so big. Oh, no. Oh, no. But I killed that little fuck. Well, I hope I killed him <laughs> because I clapped my hands together so hard and then rubbed my hands together like he's going to be super dead. And then I opened my hands up and it was nothing there. So oh, I was like, no. oh, shit. <laughs> now I've pissed him off. I don't know where he is. Right. And it was very, very small and white. So I, he, he, I don't know. He's lost forever. Who Hopefully knows? It's gone. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be in my bed. No, God. <laughs> but luckily, all of the fruit flies, I think, are gone. <laughs> I think I killed the last one, like, the other day. And I think our avocado seed is ready to be planted. Is that what's outside? Yes. <laughs> what the hell <laughs> I told is put them outside. I couldn't take it. Now, it was a really bad thunderstorm the other day, so I brought them inside because I didn't want them to drown and get all messed up. So, But other than that, they've been outside, and they're doing pretty well. I have a stem at the bottom, and one is sprouting or has sprouted out of the top. So I think that means I can plant it in soil now. Uh, what is it in? 
It's in a plastic cup. I don't Are really, you confused? Yeah, I don't really understand. So um, basically, garden. I put I put toothpicks oh, inside the seed. And basically, it sort of sits right at the top of water in a cup. And you sit it in the cup for a while, like for some weeks, or just until it sprouts the stems so you can plant it. Um, so it just kind of only the bottom is sitting in water and so that's why it's in a cup and then now that it's ready to be planted I can transfer it to soil that's cool how did you learn this you looked it up from an elementary school project (laughs) (laughs) yeah I was not expecting you to say that (laughs) elementary school (laughs) I didn't learn shit I didn't either. I got that from my child. It was her elementary school. Oh. <laughs> you made yourself. No. I went to a trashy couple of I went to five elementary schools. Maybe I missed that day, but <laughs> I don't recall any of them growing any kind of produce. So Oh man. Nope. <laughs> we didn't have it in the budget. <laughs> I, we did have butter. We did do the whole caterpillar thing once, though, at one of my schools where they oh, got the yeah. caterpillars and we watched them turn into butterflies and then you like take the butterflies outside and let them go. It's like, what the fuck is the point of this? You get me all <laughs> attached to these goddamn caterpillars. <laughs> then these fuckers turn into butterflies. First of all, half of that project is boring because they go into their cocoon thing. Right. And you just and, gotta like, wait. You're just waiting. Like, you're just watching them every day do nothing. It's like a a rock like you just looking at it do nothing and then it turns into a butterfly and then we immediately have to let the things go like what was the point of this well let's get into this it's been a rough couple of weeks um we decided to take a week off um so thank you guys for coming back to us um, we did get a couple messages like, hey, where's the podcast? <laughs> where's the new episode? Um, so that's nice. That's great. We do appreciate the support, but we did decide to take a week off um, over the 4th of July weekend. At least five children that we've heard of or that we know of from, you know, watching the news and, and stories on social media uh, were killed over the weekend, over the 4th of July weekend. Um, and one of them was actually a young boy in our area. Davon McNeil, who's 11 years old. Um, this was, you know, a friend, a nephew, a son. Um, you know, he was a star little league football player in um, Southeast DC. And um, he was beloved by many in the community. Um, we just wanted to give our condolences to his mother, mm. his family, his friends, and really anyone else that has been touched by this tragedy. Um, this is like, it's, I mean, just so unspeakable. Um, it's like the worst thing that could happen. Just a child doing normal things, living a normal life and their life is taken, unfortunately. So once again, you know, we know that there's a lot of heavy things that continue to happen. 2020, you've been a real motherfucker. Like yes, this you year have. from start till now has just been the craziest year so far. But like we've said before, we really hope that you guys are, you know, listening to the podcast and that this can be a place of peace for you a a getaway for you and uh mental relief um a stress reliever um you know with a little bit of humor along the way so 
thank you guys once again for listening but we're jumping back into it but we did uh you know want to take a week off and just you know regroup and um again we give our condolences to all the families of the children and you know adults anyone else that may have lost their life recently but let's get into it welcome to episode seven millennials in the workplace yes so I think we've all been through our share of good and bad, sometimes more bad. Yeah. <laughs> but we've all been through our fair share of stuff as, you know, working professionals. Um, but we're not our grandparents and we didn't have the same experience as them or, you know, our parents and the experiences and the things we go through are quite different in some cases. So have you ever had any experiences just like as a millennial, like, okay, this would only happen to me or, you know, whether it was because of your age or just where you were, you know, as a professional in your career, you know, something that I guess sticks out in your memory. Um, yeah, I actually do. So I, I remember there was one time, um, my one of my coworkers, she basically, you know, I, I was younger than her and I was, you know, in a higher position than her. Um, but I'm like, lady, that's not my fault. So she basically <laughs> kind of, you know, felt some kind of way, I'm guessing because of my age and the position that I was in. But, um, you know, at first I thought maybe I was tripping and I'm like, no, okay. I started paying attention and um, it would be little things like, you know, um, I don't know if it was that she was upset that she had to get trained by somebody that was younger than her, but it would be little things that I would show her like, okay, this is the way the company wants us to do this, this, and this so that it can reflect and show this way, woo woo. And um, she would like do the opposite or just kind of like do what she wants to do or act like she has attitude or, you know, kind of brush cer- certain things off. And I'm like, you're not about to, you know, bring me down because you're doing things wrong, like I'm training you wrong. Right. But I would notice that when someone older, you know, a little closer to her age would show her different stuff or train her on certain things, um, you know, she, it, it was none of that, no attitude, no nada. Like, and I'm just like, nobody has time for this lady. <laughs> like, you know, I'm, I'm trying come to help here you. to do my work and get paid and go home. Right. I'm trying to help you. But it was really weird to tell that, you know, take a vacation for the first 10 years of your professional life. And now I'm I'm above (laughs) you. Not my damn ass fault. Right. I'm just like, I was just like, you know what? You do you, boo boo. So how did that end up? like um you know I just eventually was like you know like can y'all like I, the other people that we worked with that that were older you know I kind of spoke to them like on the low like you know are y'all noticing this well you know like I kind of am I'm like well do y'all want to train her because I don't have no problem not training her <laughs> so, yeah it was just like you know it I, I didn't really address it because it was a you know more corporate setting so I didn't want to, you know, really start too much stuff, but I was just like, that's weird. And it it, it was just kind of weird. Like there were other people that were, you know, around my age that was working there and she would kind of do the same thing with them too. Like, oh, you know, what you say doesn't really matter. Or, if the, you know, relaying something like, 
okay, um, you know, I was told like you need to do this. And it'll be like a double check or something like, oh, you're going to go back to that person when I just told you what they said. Yeah. But I didn't really, yeah, I didn't really, you know, address it to to her. I just kind of passed her along to someone else. Yeah. It really is just a bad experience. Like to go to work every day and for you, here, here's the uh, task that I'm supposed to do. I'm trying to train you or whatever. I'm just working alongside you and you just don't have the level of respect that you should have for me just because of my age. That's right. right. Like yeah. that doesn't make any sense. Listen, if I'm doing my job, especially if I'm I'm doing the job well enough for them to have me train you, respect should be given. It doesn't matter how old I am. Right. I'm not trying to flex on you. I'm not trying to boss you around, but this is right. what it is. This <laughs> it's is not where like you I'm are like... in your career and I'm here to help you. Right. It's not like I'm down talking to you like, "Oh, you old and don't know what to do" or like, "What?" I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, I I don't I I think I've definitely had experiences like that. Um, I had a a job. We both uh, worked at this job, which was very strange. oh, uh, the, but the I was alley. yes, I was still in college and working anywhere between maybe two and three part time jobs at a time, just like trying to build my life around my schedule. Um, so I had that job and then I think I had two jobs there at the time. So I had yeah. two jobs there, like one as a server and one like in the office. Right. Um, and then um, I had another job at my school and then I think I worked retail too. So here I am like trying to do this balancing act. So I'm for one, stressed as fuck, tired as fuck. And I'm also like on this on this wheel, you know what I mean? Like you know how you're just like going in circles, like you know you have this goal in mind. You like I just want to make it to the promised land, and I was just like I just need to graduate from school. And you know it was just like okay, I'm just doing these jobs every day. It was very monotonous, whatever. But there was one night when we were there, so we used to work on the on the weekend. And this is a bowling alley. And so it's just like a movie theater. There's a shit ton of people that come in, leave a mess. You know, I don't know if there's anybody out there that also used to work at a bowling alley. But please <laughs> let us know. Is it normal for us to have to put the balls and the shoes and stuff back? Like, please, for the love of God. Oh, I do remember When them you go that. to a bowling alley, when all this craziness is over, if the bowling alley survive, please. Take your ball back to the front, please. <laughs> Take your shoes back to the front. Because if you don't do it, someone else has to do that. So don't be an asshole. And <laughs> please take your shit back to the front. I'm traumatized from this. <laughs> they used to be the worst. It there used to be so many. <laughs> oh, my God. Ugh. I mean, you're talking about this place has closed down for the night. And we were closed at like 1 a.m. Or something yeah. crazy like that. So we were servers, but we had to like clean. I mean, it was a bowling alley. So we had to like, you know, do other stuff too. Yeah. It's like you think you're done, but now but you got to take all the balls and the shoes back. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, okay, imagine this. I'm a young lady who probably has homework. 
an exam to study for, another job to go to in the morning. Oh, and on top of that, I did. Oh no, I did have a car, so at least I had some transportation. Sheesh, I was about to say I had to catch a cab home or something. <laughs> but so here I am. Okay, it's Saturday night when I would love to be hanging out with my man or hanging out with my friends, but no, I'm at work watching everybody else have a good time. It's one o'clock in the morning. I've done my job for the night. I clean up these shoes. I clean up, put the balls back. I'm wiping the tables down. I am clocking out. I am so happy to be clocking out. And this jerk off, like the manager, the like shift manager or whatever his title was, is like, oh, no, no, no. I know you're not clocking out. You need to clean. It's some, it's some uh, icing on the floor over there. You know it was a party over there. They spill cake and stuff on the floor. You need to clean that up. It ain't time for y'all to clock out. I said, sir, <laughs> if I am not mistaken, they freed the slaves a long time ago. I am going home. Okay. It's one, at this point, it's probably one thirty in the morning, probably almost two o'clock. It's late. I'm tired. And I am not getting on my hands and knees to clean anybody's floor at one thirty in the morning. Right. Because to clarify, they had a cleaning crew, people that would come in, you know, overnight to vacuum the floors, to do things like that. We weren't even equipped to to do that type of cleaning. I didn't even have like products on right. hand to like get down and clean the carpet from cake ice and somebody spilled a piece of cake or something. It's like, are you out of your mind? I'm not doing that. So, like, not this was not even, like, a professional setting. This was not, like, you know, a nine-to-five job. This was just a little part-time job. And, you know, like I said, I'm just trying to make it. I'm just trying to, like, survive in the meantime, you know, while I'm trying to finish school. And I am not doing that. Like, I think you have to know your worth as an employee. Um, I don't care if it's a part-time job. I don't care if you're making 100 k plus a year. Like, challenge people when you're not comfortable with something because I don't know who he thought he was talking to. <laughs> End of the story. I ended up quitting that night. <laughs> I am out of here. I am stressed beyond belief. You are pissing me off. I am tired of coming here all the time and dealing with this shit. And I quit. I like got him. I mean, I sped off so fast. First, I cussed him out all the way i mean everybody there heard every vulgar horrid thing i said to that man i think i said something about the fact that he was balding and you know whatever but <laughs> i was like fuck this job fuck you fuck all this fuck all of y'all i'm out of here that's usually how it goes <laughs> i was like i am out of here kiss my ass <laughs> I don't need this shit. And then by the time I got home, I was like, oh my God. Quit my job. Oh no. My little uh I probably was making like eight seventy-five an hour or something. Like, oh gosh, how will I survive? <laughs> like, what will I do? I need to get more hours at guests. I and don't it's know. always like that. It's like <laughs> in the moment you're like, fuck this, I'm out of here. And then yeah. once you leave and you come down, you go, oh, shit, I gotta find another job. 
but I, you know, I had uh, other little jobs or whatever, but yeah. I was like, I'll be fine. You know, I was just like, oh, wow. I was more remorseful of my reaction. Like, it didn't need to go that far. But anybody who knows me knows it goes far. <laughs> <laughs> like, it gets bad with me. If I'm mad, especially if I if it's built up, right. it's like an explosion. And I was younger then, so I had more energy and less fear in my heart. So I would go <laughs> off. Like, it would be bad. But what ended up happening was, you know, I was, even though it was just a little job, I was, I believe, a valued, like, employee by management. And, like, the general manager called me and was like, what happened? Like, you know, come back, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I said, listen, I'm willing to come back. I'm playing hard to get, like, this job. (laughs) I'm like, listen, I'm willing to come back, but only if you can promise me that that man never speaks to me again. I don't care if we are side by side. I don't care if we're on the same shift, but I don't ever want him speaking to me again. And for as long as I, I went back and for as long as I worked there, he never said a single word to me ever again. <laughs> wow. But it's just like, don't, don't try to flex on me yeah. because you're older or because I'm in this position. Like you don't even know me. You don't know what I'm going home to after this. Like, don't just talk to me any kind of way. Like, oh, no, no, no. You need to get it. Sir, no. Call your mama. Tell her come in here and clean up the car. I'm not doing that shit. But, you know, like I said, you just got to know your worth, honey, because people will try to flex on you if you let them. But we also have another story, um, a story from a listener, and this is um, from Kimberly of Baltimore, Maryland. So thanks, Kimberly, girl. Shout out to you. Shout out to you, girl, for sharing your story with us. And she did say that it was okay for us to use her name. And so that's why I'm saying, hey, Kimberly, girl. Um, so I, here's her story. I was 23 and was starting my first real job. Not a clock in, clock out job, but a real salary job. I was so excited. Sitting down at my cubicle on the first day, I practically had a panic attack. I had a major brain fart and barely knew how to turn on the computer. I felt like I was unqualified as if I had lied my way into this job. For that brief second, I felt like I didn't belong. I'm like the youngest person here. I'm new and I'm sure everyone is waiting for me to mess up. Looking back now, it was all in my head, but I will never forget my first day jitters. Now, almost 15 years later, I'm happy to say I'm still with the same company And that nervous young kid is now overseeing a team of seven people. I guess I knew a little something after all. Well, yay, Kimberly. That's great. A success story. And I get that. I think we all, like, on my very first job, like, I think I kind of felt the same way. Like, you have this, like, well, maybe not everybody, but I definitely had, like, a uh oh moment like you know the meme of Michael Jordan like crying right yeah <laughs> you ever seen the one where he's like at a computer crying and it's like when you've lied on your resume yes <laughs> it's like oh, I don't know if I belong here like the pressure to to feel like you need to know everything right away I right and that mess up yeah and like when you in that first like say you're trained for like the first two weeks of the job they give you so much information. Yeah. 
And I just remember on my first little job, like carrying around this notebook and like writing everything down, like being so scared that I would forget something, you know, like not being as comfortable to ask questions, like just feeling very like nervous. Like I didn't want to mess up and, you know, you just want people to feel good about hiring you, but it's like, cut yourself some slack. Yeah, I definitely used to do that. Um, like I would go on an interview or I mean like not an interview, but one go to training and I would literally write everything that is on the slides they're showing or write everything <laughs> down that they're saying. And they're hey, like, tired. Oh my gosh, you're not <laughs> No, I will be going. They would be like, You write so many notes. Yes, I do, because I wanna make sure I'm getting <laughs> it I don't want to miss anything. <laughs> but it made me better. Yeah, and I think you just have to do what makes you comfortable. Yeah. But I have, like, severe anxiety sometimes when I'm doing something new or going somewhere for the first time. I've definitely gotten better with age um, and also with acknowledging that I do have anxiety and just kind of embracing it head on and, like, you know, going through it instead of, like, ignoring it, it. It actually makes it worse. So, you know, when I was younger... I would get so like you know how you get the tingles in your armpits like we <laughs> like armpits? if somebody like <laughs> have you ever like somebody jumped out and like scared you and you get the tingling in your armpits <laughs> well even if it doesn't happen to you it happens to me <laughs> maybe not my armpits my my heart might beat a little bit you know no I, I like get tingles it feels like needles in my armpits. It's a terrible feeling. Whatever. Anyway. (laughs) So, like, if I would go somewhere for the first time or, like, meet people for the first time, I would always get that feeling in my armpits. Like, this, you know, like, nervousness and, like, anxiousness. And I just, gosh. And I remember on my first job feeling like that. Like, you know, not knowing if I could eat at my desk. Not knowing where to go for lunch. Like, not knowing anyone there you know just like I don't know like and it was my first job so it's like okay you know I get an hour for lunch oh well what do you do for that hour okay and then when you first start a job there's a lot of downtime like you're being trained but you're waiting for someone at your desk it's like okay am I allowed to like get on the internet for my computer like just (laughs) small very tiny questions that you're like I'm nervous like I don't know what I can do what I can't do whatever um, and then depending on who you talk to, you know, if you talk right. to someone that's been there for years, they doing whatever. They don't care. Like, they so relaxed about everything. But then you talk to maybe a manager and they're like, oh, no, you can't do that. Yeah, right. Like, I remember being so cold and being like, can I get a space heater for my desk? And one of the girls there being like, yeah, girl, I got space heater. She got space heater. He got space. It's cold, girl. It's cold in here. But you still need to bring you a sweater. <laughs> and then I get a space heater, and the manager's like, "Oh no, you can't have a space heater." Well, why the fuck not? Like, everybody else, lady, everybody, but me, not like obviously. I know she sees people with space heaters, but maybe not because they're under the desk. So I'm like, "What do I do? I'm freezing my balls off in here every day, like." You know, like one person will tell you something, another person, but it's like, just do what you need to do. Like, but also within reason, like you don't want to just go up in there 
crash through the door and start breaking all the rules. But right. you, I had to like just take my time and see, you know, just get comfortable, like with a, you know, a routine yeah. going in there. And you, you know, you get a feel for and, certain people, certain things, yeah. knowing you know who to to get what to you know what you can get passed by with certain people. Yeah, you know. So after a while, it it goes away. But you know, I think we all experience that, like nervous even now you know you start something new or you start a new job or something you still get a little nervous so thanks again Kimberly girl for (laughs) sharing that story because I think that's something we all can relate to um but I did here we go with me and my articles um there was an article on medium.com that talks about seven issues millennial space and I don't want to go over every single one but there were three specifically that stood out um and i always bring up these articles and i we did get some feedback about um uh, people trying to find the articles or wanting to read you know the information so your wish is my command and i will um start to include the links in the episode description so you guys can actually you know read the full article if you're interested but one of them and i think this was something me and you were talking about before um, one of the um, issues that they talk about is technology or like AI screening. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. we were talking about that. Because again, like we're we don't when we're looking for jobs or interviewing for positions or even when we're on the job, this is not what our parents and grandparents experienced. Obviously, especially when you're talking about the technology piece to everything because like back in the day you could just walk into a company hand them your resume or fill out an application you would have a person a human being looking over that information to decide okay are you a worthy candidate for an interview but these days sometimes places don't even let you come in you try to come in with a resume they're like nope you got to do everything online nope we don't have no paper applications right yeah, you have to do everything online. And then on top of that, there's like sometimes these algorithms. Um, oh, yeah. That will, you know, indicate keywords or key phrases in your resume or, you know, just things. That, and it could be like some kind of database or software that the company has. Or if you're talking about like Indeed.com or whatever, where, you know, people are applying for positions and putting their information in. Yeah, and it'll tell you on there like, are you sure you want to put this through because you're missing this, this, and that? The like these keywords in your resume, and it might not get looked at because just because it's missing those words. Now, the good thing is, is that it does tell you that, like it does point that out. So at that point, you at least know. Okay, well, you know, you you could at least have the opportunity to second guess yourself and say, okay, well, shit, maybe I need to <laughs> update my resume. But the you know when you have someone who's younger maybe hasn't had that much experience sometimes you just don't know what to put on your resume but I would say to like combat that invest in in having um getting a service or finding someone that specializes in writing resumes like take the time to build a well-written resume yeah because it definitely makes the difference yeah it definitely makes a difference and um there's I've actually learned just recently um 
you know, like different ways that you can phrase things. I mean, this is something I feel like has been drilled into me since college. Um, but once you get a job, you're not going back to update your resume. Like that's not something that you normally think about. Right. It's normally like you update it when there's a need for it. If you're looking for another job or, or something like that. Um, but recently like learning ways to um, enhance in your mind what is probably a very basic task but you got to make it sound <laughs> better <laughs> like you got to make it sound right good you got to make it sound more complicated um, gotta put a little pedaz on that thing yeah add a little razzle dazz <laughs> like maybe you can you can call yourself an executive <laughs> if you want to <laughs> like do whatever but like all jokes aside like you can there are services that will do that for you. Um, some of them pretty pricey, but it, it's worth it in the end, I believe, if you are really trying to get a, a well-paid position with a company, um, you know, or, you know, something I would say on a higher level, you know, it, it's worth it. It's worth the investment. Um, unless you know someone that, you know, does a really good, good job at that. But if you find yourself applying for positions and, nobody's calling you back and nobody is you know allowing you to even make it to the next step for an interview maybe you need to go back to square one and and look at your resume yeah that would be my suggestion um okay so another one that was listed was college degree as entry-level bar so more common for our generation than any other generation, let's say like the baby boomers, um, you know, it's, it's been more of a requirement or more of yeah. a need for us to have a college degree, even for an entry level position. Like, you know, we are from DC. And so, so many people in our family worked for the government, you know, they got some kind of job as a teenager, whether it was through, you know, Marion Barry's like summer youth um, employment program or as like some, you know, something they may have done through their school, like an internship or something. And then they just get hired and they have been working for the government since they were 17 years old. Right. <laughs> no degree, you know, they just move up and move up and move up. And then they're millionaires practically because they've been working for the government for All 40 their life. years. Right. Yeah. And so they had different types of opportunities without being required to have a college degree and now it is the standard like that's the minimum like you have to have a college degree it's like they don't see that you got a degree on your resume it's getting tossed out off bucks yeah yeah for sure so it's like they don't care as much about i think it depends on the the company and it depends on job obviously but some of them don't care as much about your skill set or even if you're like like remember when an associate's degree was a thing yeah they're like I have an associate's degree and this and this and that I'm like like, you gotta have your master's or no (laughs) yeah or you know a bachelor's degree and so it's just like the the bar is different that level or that expectation for an entry-level position is different than what it once was yeah and that's a hard thing because some people don't some people don't believe in going to college and some people can't afford to go to college. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, if you don't, not everybody has that opportunity, 
but that doesn't mean you don't have the skills for and we're talking about entry level we're not talking about mid-management we're not talking about anything else we're talking about an entry-level role but I would say I mean invest in yourself you know whether it's a certification um you know building your skills uh earning an actual degree um networking helps too I would say um, because there are a lot of roles and a lot of things, depending on what you want to do, that don't on paper necessarily require a degree. But you have to have an edge on on the other candidates. You have to find ways to make yourself more competitive or at least appear to be a more competitive applicant than someone else. So maybe you don't have a degree, but maybe you're part of this you know, organization. Or, you know, maybe you are, um, you know, you've started some organization on your own. Maybe you're the president of something, you know, in your community. So it's, it's just like you have to do something because there's always someone that looks better on paper. Yeah. But that's, that's a tough one because, like I said, not everybody, you know, not everyone believes in going to college and, or you know, or can afford to go to college. You know, so I would say find some kind of tangible path to your goal, what, regardless of what it is, like just find a way to get there, but take actual steps for that. I was just thinking about, you know, how like it reminded me of, you know, how there are some people that are older and they're like, you know, just go get a job, just go get a job, mm-hmm. thinking that it's so easy how it was yeah. back in the day. And it's like, no, it's not that easy there. And even still, there are people now that have degrees and still can't get a job. Right. Exactly. So it's those, very different. We all know those people who went off to college and came home and couldn't find a job, especially around... So the every like around my age, like we talking about the recession hit, like right when everyone was finishing school and it was like no work, like you know people were kind of struggling there. So it's not that easy. Like I had someone tell me that before. They're like, just get in with the government. Like, won't you just get a government like it's job? so easy. And I'm like, it's not 1985. <laughs> That's why I'm not just gonna get in with the government. Like, you know, it's 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 not that easy. I'm not gonna say it's totally difficult or that it's impossible I should say but it's not easy it's not the same way you know that it used to be and I think older people older generations they sometimes look at us like we're the spoiled ones because oh like I had I had to walk 16 miles to go and and apply for a job you could just hop on the internet and apply for a job it's like yeah but what that means is, is maybe when you walk those 16 miles, there weren't 30 other people walking those same right. 16 miles. Maybe not other, there weren't that many other people willing to do that. So it made it less competitive for you. You know what I mean? Like you didn't have to go up against. Right. Because so many people job. have access so you quickly. Got somebody, to exactly. You got somebody in Bangladesh, Virginia, San Francisco, right down the street from you. 60 people within a five minutes, you know, frame of time applying for this position just because they can. Like, you know, so it's like, yes, there's easier access, but that means it's easier access for everyone. Right. (laughs) So now I got to go up. So now I got more competition. Yeah. And I didn't put the right damn keywords in my resume. (laughs) So now after all of this time, I didn't spend 
25 minutes doing this one application for this one position because I didn't say this one thing about myself. Now my shit's tossed to the side. I get an email after 25 minutes of applying. Right. Three seconds later <laughs> say, you're not a fit candidate for this job, but thanks for applying. Right. Like, oh my God. Like, what the fuck? Like, has that ever happened to you? Like, yeah, I, the I, same honestly, day you apply I, for a position, you get an email like, you ain't it, boo. Like, I hate doing job applications because they're so tiring. And it's like, yeah. It is a job. It's, it, it is, and it really, like, kind of wears you out just staring at a screen for so long, answering all these questions, and it's like, okay, like you said, it can be, like, 25 minutes for one job application just for you to go through, and then, boom, yeah, I have been through that, and then it's like, oop, sorry, we went with somebody else. I'm like, you motherfucker, like, you did like, not did have to have me go through all of this. Like, did my resume? Right. My picture's on it. It's them keywords, <laughs> probably, them keywords. Yeah, those keywords, and that's that algorithm. It just weeds you out right away, so it makes it easier for the employer to not have to sift through all these things, and, yeah. you know, and I've done, I've had job applications where, you know, now there's this other step. It used to be kind of like, okay, you apply, they either contact you for an interview or they don't, right? Now it's you apply. Okay, the next step is a video. Um, oh my gosh, yes. The next step is a phone interview. <laughs> the next step is an in-person interview. Once you interview with this person, now you have to interview with someone else. And it's like, this process can go on for months. Yes. Okay, we'll give you a call back. We'll call you. We'll give you a call. We'll let you know. Okay, great. Okay, weeks go by. They call you. Yeah, okay, we want to go ahead and schedule something. Um, how's next week? Okay, that's another week. Then you do that part. Then it's okay, well, we'll get back to you in a couple weeks. Right. Now it's a holiday. And like it's, <laughs> this process right. goes on for so long. And it's like all these other components that they've added to just the typical application process. Like I had a job once where I had to do a video submission. And I'm telling you, like, even like, I think I was more nervous because I wasn't talking to anyone. Yes, I've had to do those too. And and it is, it's, it's really weird to me. Like, I'm like, can I just come in for a real interview with the person? I'd rather come in and have my interview instead of sitting here. To, I mean, I guess it it's helpful for some people and the fact that you can, you know, restart it. But now I'm sitting here trying to correct everything I say on this one video instead of just letting it be natural and talking to you in person. Right. And I kind of vibe like I go off of the person that I'm talking to. Yeah. So like I might talk slower. I might be more excited. I might be more calm, whatever. And if it's just me talking to a screen, I don't like obviously I'm being myself either way, but I can't there's nobody to vibe with. I can't really like show you my personality that much because there's no dialogue. There's no, I mean, there's no conversation, I should say. So it, I was so nervous. And also, I don't think you could restart it. It was like, oh, dang, which one did you have? And it had like questions in there. So, like, okay, so, okay, this is how it was. Like, you would start it and it, there, people would pop up and say something. It would be a little video. You would watch that and they say, describe blah, 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 blah. And then it would be like starting in three, two, one. And then you got to answer the question. Oh, no. And then you would, you you know, it would end. You only had a certain amount of time to answer. And then you would be like next or, you know, continue. And then it would go to the next part. And then it would be like three, two, one. Like, so it was like so nerve wracking because you can't start over. 
you can't edit this. It just is what it is. But then it's like strange because there's nobody on the other end. Yeah. So that I didn't really care for. Um, and then on the inside scoop, what I did find out is a lot of the people who review those videos, they don't even watch the whole thing. There might be there might be very specific things that they're looking for. So they'll skip to certain questions. Oh wow. And it's like you have people being so nervous to do this and y'all are not even really yeah. you don't even really value the whole thing that's being done. It's like, oh well, I am only looking for someone that does X, Y, and Z. So let me go straight to this question. Right. And then I feel like that kind of is is bad for them on their part because you're not really getting, like you say, you don't have that vibe there. So you're not really getting how this person really is, especially if you're just, you know, zipping through to go to one certain part. They could have answered that part correctly, but had a completely different demeanor on, on all their other things. And then you don't know once they get right. there, then you got a problem and got to fire them. You're not really getting the full picture. And, you know, like I said, that was really just a step to the next part, which was an actual interview. But still, it just made me feel weird. I got that job, though, girl. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's all that matters. But it was like a very nerve wracking process. And it's like back in the day, they didn't go through that type of thing. You know, right, they didn't so, have I to mean, you can look at it, it as a positive or a negative because you do have more opportunities to, you know, to kind of show your skills or show who you are. But I know a lot of times people are hiring you either based on your degree, based on what you have on your resume. But when you get to the interview part, it's about if they like you or not. Right. You know, once you get there, it's like, okay, do I want to spend eight hours with this person? Right. <laughs> I think that's really what it boils down to. But I'll go really quickly. I'll hit on the last one that stood out to me. And this is something we all know. And that is being stereotyped by older generations, more specifically, baby boomers. Because they think that we are like selfish and lazy and spoiled. <laughs> and it's just not damn true, damn it. We work fucking hard. We're fucking hard workers. We are. And we're not your grandkids, okay? Just because you, uh, Gertrude, <laughs> are old enough to be my grandmother, you're not my grandmother, okay? So don't compare me to your granddaughter and don't try to, and this is also not just the old, this is not just that generation. Like even the ones like that are maybe like five years older than you, 10 years older than you. And they want to like be your auntie. I don't need Okay. We both come to work. Don't honey, sweetie, baby me down. Like I don't need all that from you. Okay. We could be working the same position. And they always want to be somebody's auntie. I didn't ask your opinion about anything. <laughs> Lisa. Whatever your name is. I don't need. And then it's like they want to give you life advice and stuff. It's like. I don't even know you like that. Yeah. I actually worked at a place where I had someone that was like that. And I was. I mean, I was super young. Honestly, I was. I was working at Popeye's. And, um, you know, it wasn't something that I'm like, oh, this is what I want to be my career or anything. But there was a woman that worked there and she like would try to give advice on certain things. And like, no, what you need to do is this. Like she just knew all the answers. And I'm like, lady, you've been here for eight years and I don't want to take this advice. (laughs) Unwarranted. I did not ask you. No, thank you. You still working at Popeye's. (laughs) Ain't nothing wrong working at Popeye's. 
But if you know this is not what I want to do, I don't need drugs. But yeah, and I'm like, you've been here for for eight years. Well, I mean, she was there for eight years, but she would complain all the time. And then I'm like, you're trying to, you know, give me advice on that's not a good move or this and that. But it would be like on things to stay at the job. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do my job and do a good job at it here. But I'm not trying to be here for eight, ten years. No. Yeah. Okay. So bye, Lisa. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye, girl. <laughs> no, thank you. But I would say to to combat that, just let your work speak for itself. Like, it's always going to be some. I mean, whether it's because of your age or how you look or if you're a woman, whatever. There's always going to be someone that will stereotype you. Yeah. Even if sometimes that happens, even over time, once you you quote unquote prove yourself they still will put you in a box and I say just let your work speak for itself go to work do your job be excellent every single day don't fall into those stereotypes don't be lazy don't be spoiled don't expect other people to do the work for you you know don't be entitled come to work do what you need to do prove yourself prove yourself to yourself first Know that you belong there. Do, you know, fulfill your responsibilities or whatever else you have going on. But I would say just, you know, just work and do well at it. And fuck what they talking about. Right. You and Lisa can go off to lunch. <laughs> right. Your co-workers are, are simply that. Your co-workers. Exactly. Don't they let what be they your do friends. get to you too much. Yeah. They don't have to be your friends. I mean, if they become your friends, then great. I think that's always a dope ass experience when you can go to work and really enjoy your day because of the people that you're around like you really yeah. you know like them genuinely but if it don't go down like that it's okay because Gertrude's gonna retire soon anyways <laughs> and Lisa probably not gonna last too long <laughs> she's probably gonna get fired thank you guys for listening uh, we want to give a shout out to a few people again thank you so much Kim for sending in your story and also shout out to Now River Flow on Instagram and King's Wisdom 26. Thank you guys so much for your feedback on the show. We appreciate it a lot. Yep. And please remember to subscribe, rate, and share the podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Fake Tears Podcast. Um, send us a DM so we can give you a shout out on the next episode and we promise we will be back next Monday <laughs> um, and if you would like to give us some feedback or suggest a real issue you want us to discuss don't forget to email us podcast at gmail.com again thanks so much for listening and we will catch you next episode bye everybody bye bye